The other day I was watching a movie, and one character said to the other, in an inquisitive tone, Haven't you ever failed at anything? The character responded back, smuggishly, No. That gave me some food for thought, and some inspiration for today's show. Our show title is, How to Find Your Weak Spot. No matter who you are, and no matter where you are, or what you do, you could be the strongest individual, have the strongest character, but you also have at least one weak spot, or at least one weakness. It's important to know what that is, so that you can work on it. This is Craig Ansell with the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. Join me for episode 97, How to Find Your Weak Spot. Welcome back to the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Craig Ansell. We're going into episode 97, How to Find Your Weak Spot. If you've been listening for some time, you know that this podcast is dedicated to career growth, and I do everything I can to share my tips, tricks, and knowledge with you, as well as some of the lessons learned, some of my mistakes in life, so that you can grow as quickly as possible. Since we usually focus on the positive, that's a great thing, and it gives us vision and a look forward in life, something to aspire to do or aspire to be. But sometimes we have to look at our weaknesses. And as I said in the intro, yes, every one of us has at least one weakness or weak area to work on. Now, where could weaknesses come from? They could be internal or external. Now, the good news about that, you have the ability to control those weaknesses. Yes, you do. Now, first of all, we need to make sure we each know what our biggest weakness is. If you don't like the word weakness, I've said this before, call it your least strength. Look at it any way you want. You can look at it most positively. I've identified something that I'm not good at, or I've identified something I'm uncomfortable doing or uncomfortable with, but it's required in my daily job or my daily routine. That could be an area that you'd want to work on as your weakness. Weaknesses externally, though, can also come from people. If it gets really bad, I would call those people toxic people. Where do they come from and how do they play a role in creating a weakness for you? Well, it's about your networking. We have networks in our personal and professional lives. Sometimes we don't recognize when we have a chink in the armor. Sometimes our group of friends, group of neighbors, they're great people, but there might just be that one or two people that just really rub you the wrong way or seem to pull things down anytime they're around. The group kind of, you know, gets quiet. Maybe it's just a negative feeling comes around when this particular person or people are present. Everybody's allowed to their own opinions. Everyone's allowed to their own feelings and their own viewpoints. That's not what I'm saying. However, we have to each decide when we're around our network of friends, our neighbors, our social friends, how we feel and how we enjoy or don't so much like their company. Are they always negative, always complaining, talking about all the bad things that happened in life, how short on money they are, how their vehicle's always broken down? 
how they don't have the right kind of job, or they're always looking for work and can't find it, or when they work from job to job, they just keep getting moved along, let go because they're not the right fit. We all can run into problems like that from time to time, but if the stories are always negative, have you ever tried to change the subject? That person, that friend, that neighbor, maybe they'll respond. Maybe they'll take your hint at trying to change the momentum of the conversation and kind of uplift the matter. As I said about career growth, we can look at it positively with vision and a dream, a desire to reach forward and move ahead. Or we can take the opposite approach and look at our weaknesses, like today on this show, and talk about finding your weak spot. Your weak spot, as I said, can come from your networks. If it's really, really critical and they pull you down extremely hard, that could represent a toxic person. So I guess I'm just asking you to evaluate your networks in your personal lives and see who plays a role and how do they interact with you and how do you feel after that interaction. If they're really close and personal friend to you, maybe you want to take the time to set them aside and just talk to them and try to uplift them and focus on the positive in the discussion. If it's a relationship that maybe it's new to you and it just isn't working out, maybe you'd like to distance yourself from that particular person and be less involved with them so that you can focus on more positive situation life. Then switching the gears regarding the network, talking about our professional lives. We do have our peers, the group, a group of people we work with. Many times we have to interact with them just on a daily basis to get our work done. There might be upstream people that you work with and downstream people, people that will hand off work to you so that you can complete the next task, the next action or activity, and then you'll hand that off. And so the process moves on. You might be required to work with them, but how much time do you spend communicating with them? And when you do spend that time communicating, whether it's through email, text, in person, maybe a uh, virtual meeting, how do you feel? before that meeting starts, knowing specific people are going to be on. How do you feel during the meeting? And what's your emotional um, gut check after the meeting? Were you glad that you got to spend time with them? Did you feel it was a productive meeting? Or did you leave kind of downtrodden and worn out? Don't get me wrong. We all have different situations we go through in life, some challenges. And for some of us, the challenges are bigger than others. Some could be on a personal level, some could be on an emotional level, some could be physical, like problems, as I've talked about, with your vehicles or with your house, things that just need to be addressed. But when they come rapid fire one after another, that can wear you out. I think it'll wear even the strongest people out over time. So we really don't know what our coworkers and colleagues are going through. But if you start to notice a pattern working with particular people on a regular basis, and that pattern is negative you're less likely to want to engage with them and interact. That becomes a problem when you need information from them or you need to provide information, a product or service to them as part of the value chain, creating the ultimate customer product. So we do have to watch our networks. Sometimes we're required to work with networks that aren't the strongest, but we can minimize our time with networks that have negative impacts on our emotion and negative value to us so that we are aware of our surroundings and our external stimulus that affect us. Now, moving internally, there's a lot to talk about. 
I'm getting the feeling for the information I've got ready for this show that this is going to turn into a two-parter. When we communicate, we have so many different ways to do so. We can do it in person, by phone, text, email. And then, of course, there's dozens and dozens of social media sites and apps out there that we can communicate with and through. But talking about this communication, specifically with the human body, what forms are there? Of course, there's our speech. But then there's also our nonverbal cues, our body language. That body language, when you're on a a virtual call or in-person meetings or discussions, says a lot about how you're focusing or distracted during a conversation. Your body language, in fact, tells a greater story than the words you speak at times. Before we talk about body language, I'll talk about the words you speak. Those are the words that you choose to use and the words you choose not to use. It's kind of powerful, right? We all know, Craig, of course, you're speaking to us now. But if you just think ahead of your conversation a little bit, pause briefly and process the words you're going to use. Rather than have a continuous conversation coming out of your mouth, or rather, to better explain it, rather continuous speech come out of your mouth, just trying to avoid any pauses, any silence, slow down your speech, choose your words more carefully, and use gentle, brief pauses. That can really help you when it comes to word choice. Many of us seem uncomfortable when it comes to silence. But I tell you, there's a phrase that I've coined over the years, and it's called the three P's, the three P rule. And I even have an episode about it, and it talks about powerfully placed pauses. It's important to know that you can use powerfully placed pauses to help you in your conversations. So again, when having conversations, be careful with the words that you use. If you unfortunately say something that you didn't mean or that you could have found a better word choice for, then go ahead and correct it. Say, excuse me, I'd like to restate that, or that didn't come out right. Let me choose a better word. It's okay because someone would appreciate that. Number one, you're asking them to recognize that you made a mistake and you could have potentially offended them or um, misrelayed the information. And so by doing it the other way, you can actually say to yourself, you know what? I didn't like the way that sounded. If I didn't like it, my potential audience may not like it either. Let me stop and correct that now and move forward positively. I'm sure the recipient or recipients of the message will appreciate that. From there, you've corrected the words that you've used. Also, remember to choose the words that you don't say either. You don't have to volunteer information. And by the way, this is great tip, a really great tip when it comes to interviews, conversations with your peers and your management, especially if you're in the running for a promotion or a leadership role. You don't have to give extra information. It is okay to pause and have silence. It shows that you have control of your emotions, and control of the conversation to some degree. So consider that, silence in your conversations, 
and choosing your words a little more carefully. Now, though, when we go back to body language, do you lean in when people speak to you, which shows interest? Perhaps you have your arms crossed, which typically means you're closed off and really disinterested or not listening well. That eye contact we talked about, it can be a tricky one. Many people like eye contact because that typically means you're focused on them. Now, you wouldn't want to stare at the person speaking 100% of the time. That would be a little creepy. I admit that. But at least if you make eye contact occasionally, even briefly, that gives you the ability to let them know that you recognize them and you're listening to them. If you have difficulty looking at people or frequently stare away, there's just so much going on in our world around us, our digital digital equipment, our phones, pagers, smartphones, tablets, computers, billboards. Heck, now we even have electronic billboards full color, basically mini TVs rolling as we walk and drive by. There's just so much to have as distractions. That's why it's really important to show someone that you can focus. And again, that is a critical soft skill to have, communications, as well as that plays into your emotional intelligence. That plays strongly into interviews, if you're being considered for or approaching a promotion position and you want to apply, as well as if you're one of the stronger team members in your group or working toward that in leadership. You need to have strong communication skills that include speaking as well as listening. Notice others' body language, and that will really help you out. It's not all about you. It's about you and how you process and understand other people's body language. That's part of the conversation. Do they exhibit some of the signs that we talked about earlier? If so, try to process and understand what's going on. I mean, after all, how would you like it if you were speaking about something that was very important to you? You were speaking very passionately to someone and they kept looking away or kept checking their cell phone or smartwatch, or maybe you could hear and see an event going on nearby and they just kept focusing away, getting distracted. Either your conversation and you are not as important to them as the other things going on, or possibly they're just prone to being distracted because they have a hard time focusing. But either way, you likely can't expect them to retain the full gist of the conversation. And if you have anything critical, anything very important for you to relate to them, if they need that information, I suggest getting their attention some way, somehow, so that you can condense it down into bite-sized pieces and get them to understand it. Whatever's critical that you need to relay, they'll understand. That's another set of discussion points to have, too, is that all too often we have difficulty with silence. That leads us to run-on conversations, run-on discussions. With that said, being possibly a fear of silence, we fill our gaps with filler words. Filler words can really hurt us because they take up quite a bit of many conversations, whether it's a one-on-one conversation, one-on-many, or if you're speaking, whether it's in person or even virtually. We have difficulty with focusing on the content with which we share with others, and that uncomfortable nature of silence causes us to fill it with, again, filler words. I'm taking a look at today's show, and it's starting to run on. Get it? I think we're going to pause here, 
Make this a two-parter like I suggested. There's a lot of great content for the next episode, part two of How to Find Your Weak Spot. We'll recap everything that we talked about today, and there'll be some extra great content waiting for you for part two of this show. If you've enjoyed today's show, please do me a favor. Our number one objective in 2022 is growth and networking. Please support us by going to any of our social media, at Craig Ansel, that's C-R-A-I-G-A-N-C-E-L. Please send us some information, give us a like, a thumbs up. Also, share our podcast and share our social media with others. We're out there wanting to help as many people as possible and be that positive message, that positive shining light in this difficult world that we're facing today. I mentioned a number of things earlier talking about communication. Maybe there's people you know that are bouncing from job to job. Maybe there's people that have been unemployed for quite some time. Maybe you are unemployed and it's going on a lengthy period of time and getting negative, depressing, discouraging. That would be called an unemployment gap. I'll talk about that next week as part of our weak spot and how to address that. So please get the word out for me, Craig Ansell, and our podcast, Career Growth Made Easy. We'd really appreciate it and look forward to your sharing of our social media content. Have a great week ahead. Next week, we'll wrap it up with part two. God bless. We'll see you next week.